bring me shelter I will not harm you Bring me shelter, please Bring me shelter I will not harm you I would shelter you People would do anything for their families It could happen to anyone anytime Somebody in France, somebody in England basically sat down with a ruler and just drew lines on maps. There are many different ethnic and religious groups that have been divided across borders and this has caused a significant amount of conflict. There are a lot of people who need safety. It is really cruel for a country like Australia to have policies that are focused only on pushing people away. What we're seeing is a number of people that remain in a state of limbo and when non-sustainable land use combines with climate change, the crisis of refugees. I wasn't able to go and play with children. I had to go and really be an adult from a very young age. I think that's something that a lot of migrant children can relate to. Really, it was a dream for me to reunite with my family. I was just praying and hoping that that day will come one day. I think it's very important for people to understand that people have their own dreams as well and they're wanting to change the world with everybody else. Refugee Radio, 855 AM, 3CR. I want to acknowledge the traditional owners of the land who we are broadcasting from, the Wurundjeri people of the Kulin Nation, and respect the elders past, present and emerging and their ongoing struggle. Welcome to Refugee Radio this week on 3CR. So we're going to be listening to some interviews from some West Papuan activists. So on the 1st of December each year, it's the Global Day for Raising the West Papuan Flag. So we're going to start off with an interview we did earlier in the year and uh, have a listen. With Ronnie Kareni, a West Papuan activist who came to Australia as a refugee in 2003. I talked to Ronnie about his personal story, the situation of West Papuan refugees living on the Papua New Guinea side of the border, and about the political situation in Indonesia today with regard to West Papuan self-determination. I'm here with Ronnie Kareni, a, a West Papuan refugee who's been living in Australia for over 17 years. I was hoping uh, today that we could start, Ronnie, by you telling us a little bit about your own story. Yes, thank you for uh, bringing me into the show and to have a, bit, have a conversation. And a bit about myself, I am from West Papua, and my name, as you already um, mentioned, Ronnie Karani, and, and basically I my life begins at a very young age when um, all I can recall is when my upbringing as a child and during the childhood, um, realizing that my parents speak Bahasa Indonesia and our native tongue, while within the community is Tokpisin, and that's the national language in Papua New Guinea. And so... I grew up in Papua New Guinea and without realizing that we lived in a refugee camp. But it was up until 
I was in year four, five, and every day it's like the locals call anyone from West Papua is um, West Tyrian or um, refugees. And, and that be- dawns on me that, oh, okay, so I'm actually living in Papua New Guinea, but as a refugee. And then my parents, especially my mom, would, um, at that very young age, my older sister took her across to Papua New Guinea, and that's where I was pretty much born there and with my younger sister, and then we reunite with my dad after a couple of years in a refugee camp near the border between uh, PNG and West Papua. It's a town called Vanimo, and due to the hunger and lack of um, sub, um, food supply, many people, up to 3,000 um, Papuan refugees at the time, it, like pretty much in the early 80s, um, there was that influx of over 10,000 Papuan fled across to Papua New Guinea for uh, refuge. And so that's how my story begins with um, that influx of refugees coming across to Vanimo. And then we have to be relocated to a most remote place in PNG where there's no access to transportation and people have to walk within like minimum three days to get to this location and it's like the jungle where no one could access. And this was a decision made by the UN Refugee Council with support of Papua New Guinea government and to really isolate those refugees, uh, West Papuan refugees. And given that there was some situation happening in Vanimo with a lot of protests, peaceful protests and demands of West Papua's right to self-determination. So they have to remove and relocate a lot of the Papuan refugees. So all I knew is just, yeah, being relocated and we have to walk days to this place and we have to catch, to, in order to go to a small town, walking three days or four, five days, and then you have to catch a local outrigger, not outrigger, but a canoe from the, the head of the Fly River and it's a day trip down to the small small local town in called Kyunga. And I grew up there for 15, for 19 years in in the in that refugee camp, and re- later relocated near the coast. And it's Wewak. So pretty much, I grew up yeah and live in Papua New Guinea up until yeah. Um, I completed my year 12 and 2003, basically as you um, pointed out earlier that I came to Australia, and so it's been, yeah, 17 years since then.
So, here you are, too foreign for home, too foreign for here, never enough for both. Ijuoma Umebinyo, Diaspora Blues. What makes you smile and adds a spring to your step? What does it mean to belong? And how do we build a home away from home? Diaspora Blues is a show that contemplates what is and what could be. Join Busto and Bigwa every Monday at 2.30 on 3CR Community Radio. Produced, Produced by Yan. So we just heard a song by the Black String Orchid Band. It's a West Papuan band, mainly based in Nam, Melbourne. Before that, we heard an inter- part of an interview with Ronnie, a West Papuan activist. But as mentioned at the start of the show, it'll be the Global Flag Raising Day for West Papua on the 1st of December. So you can look more stuff up online if you just look up West Papua Melbourne, also on freewestpapua.org. There's also more info on there. So, of course, the West Papuan flag, the Morning Star, uh, asking that people raise a flag, take photos, do some actions, whatever you like, in support of West Papuan community and a struggle for freedom against the oppression from the Indonesian state and military. And, of course, raising the flag in West Papua is about a 15-year jail sentence, so this is even more important to show solidarity. So we're going to go into an interview with the Black Sisters. So have a listen. Hey, girl, do you know your worth? You're a warrior princess. Such a knocker for a lifetime. The way you love, you care, can change your brother for a lifetime. Life's against you, girl. Pick yourself up, baby. Readjust your crown. The pain you feel will heal. You got the strength, girl. Walk away now, don't look back. You got to spread your We moved to Australia, we came to Australia, sorry, as refugees um, in 1988, so it's, yeah, it'll be our 30 years living in Australia this year. Um, basically, we sing together in a band called the Black Sisters, and our music comes with a message, um, and that message is about West Papua, where we come from, and the continuing struggle for freedom. guitarist of the band the Black Brothers that's why how we got our name the Black Sisters it was it was actually just a joke and then 
we thought actually we are the black sisters. <laughs> <laughs> we because we are real sisters. We're real sisters. Our father's from an island called Biak Island in West Papua, so north of the mainland. And he was born into a family of those 12 siblings. And my father was actually quite smart. He went to university and had a degree and a proper public servant kind of job back home. But he was also a really good musician. And he was called over to join the Black Brothers um, back in the 70s. And they were actually based in Jakarta in Indonesia. And so he left our little island and went to play guitar for the Black Brothers. The government saw that the music was becoming very, like empowering people because of, their music wasn't just for West Papuans, it was for all those people that were living under the oppression of the Indonesian government. Because at that time, it was under a military regime, basically. And so their message was giving hope to all kinds of people from all walks of life there. <clears throat> and in the end, you know, they were a threat to the Indonesian government and had to leave. Had to, well, they planned a tour in Papua New Guinea and then they sought asylum there. Away where we really got into his music but just as a, a father-daughter relationship he was just a great dad you know um, he was always there for us and um, you know he always put time into our school and sports and everything like that and the music part of it was it started in church for us actually um, that was where he poured into us was keeping our culture and language alive through our, our music that we sang every Sunday at church. Uh, so us carrying on his legacy through with the music and the message that comes behind the music is act, was actually our, our choice. But definitely. Dad was definitely um, very conscious about how we came to Australia and how disconnected we were from our land and our music and our culture. That, that's, that was his main focus, was to keep that, our um, yeah. music alive and our identity strong. So we, even though it doesn't matter where we live in, in the world, we know who we are, we know where we come from. But we do want to do it in a more empowering way because we are women and keeping positive and empowering our, our sisters and mothers back home is something that's very important to us. Yeah. So um, we thank our father for teaching us to be West Papuan even though we didn't have the privilege of growing up back home in our own land.
Hi, this is Rafiv Ziada, and you're listening to 3CR Pro-Palestinian Happily Proud Radio. To Refugee Radio this week on 3CR. So you just had an interview with the Black Sisters explaining their history and their band, listening about West Papuan struggle. And now we're going to listen to a track by Ereleki with Full Freedom.
You're listening to 3CR Community Radio. 855 AM. So just had a track, Full Freedom by Erelecki, a West Papuan musician. And now we're going to finish the show with a song with Indigenous Resistance by Dr. Das. Again, look up actions and solidarity you can do for the global flag raising for the Morning Star West Papuan flag on the 1st of December. It's been 59 years that West Papuans have been waiting for independence. So again, look up freewestpapua.org or search on social media for West Papua Melbourne or other groups depending where you are. You can always listen to the West Papuan show on 3CR on Tuesday nights as well. Thanks for listening. The hidden faces of indigenous resistance.
Coconut Bombs is a protest against like all the food waste. We, I guess, rescue food. That would otherwise go to waste, make meals from that food. And serves them up to people who need a feed. We make a real point at Food Not Bombs of involving everyone who wants to be involved in whichever part they want to be involved in. We need to have a working vehicle. So we do need money to keep our van going. Very occasionally we have to buy some food. To donate to our current fundraiser, go to www.chaft.org forward slash project forward slash Food Not Bombs pandemic support. Food Not Bombs is a 3CR supporter. Food Not Bombs.